0: Hey everyone, it's Arnold with warm Welcome Welcome back to another episode. Today I'm sitting down with Elizabeth as a partnership with San Chinatown Love. So she's one of the merchants that's featured and she's the owner of Tony's Fresh Rice Noodle. Um, they obviously specialize in rice noodles, but in addition to that, they have a lot of other great Cantonese items on the menu. Um, really excited to share this conversation. If the one previous with was uh, focused on preserving Chinese customs and traditions. I think my conversation with Elizabeth was really centered around the family legacy. You know, what does it mean to open a restaurant for your family? And as you'll soon learn too, as uh, the reason as to why the name Tony's and the two eyes in the Tony as well. There's a lot of meaning behind the name of the restaurant too. But again, I don't want to spoil too much. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Elizabeth from Tony's Fresh Rice Noodle. I think our parents, for whatever reason, they don't feel too comfortable sharing their story or talking about them. So I think one of the things I wanted to start with is obviously maybe the origin story, right? So I know you guys have been in around for 30 years. So mm-hmm. if you don't mind kind of sharing maybe maybe more, more about it. You know how they've been, what they've been doing for 30 years, and how they started. And
1: honestly, I don't, I didn't ask about all that stuff. I just know it's been 30 years. So <laughs> Grandpa has taken over. Yeah. You know, he's done what he had to do. He gave it to my dad, and my dad's very um, his life is what you see it now. Like he's not very into the past and stuff like that. I love that. Yeah. So it's ever since 15 years old. It's that's really what I really know. You know. Um, That's pretty much it. Yeah. But it's
0: always been restaurants for for your family?
1: Well, we actually started with a candy store on, um, what is it, Forsyth, Oh. Across from the park. Okay. We were there. And then we went into Bulliards uh, uh, around the corner at Eldridge. And then we moved to Brooklyn Bulliards. And then we came back to the bakery.
0: (laughs) Man, you guys are entrepreneurial.
1: Yeah. My dad doesn't like to work for people. He likes to do it himself. And then he tried to do it himself, you know, without the family's help. And then um, he, we actually had Joy Luck for a while. But, you know, Joy Luck wasn't the greatest with all the problems with the um, workers, I guess you can say. Now we have 46 and uh, Tony's and Tacky Bakery now. And we just closed our place in Brooklyn. Oh, like permanently? Yeah, permanently. It wasn't, Brooklyn wasn't a very good start. You know, I guess we rushed it because we were trying to expand.
0: Yeah. yeah. Where about in Brooklyn? Like what which neighborhood? We did
1: 8th Avenue on yeah. 62nd Street, I'm thinking. Yeah. But yeah, over there, Okay. it wasn't the best. You know, cause we don't speak the language, Mandarin. You know, we're more of a Cantonese type. So it's like, we could have done better on like 86th Street instead, you know. So we kind of rushed into that one a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So that's closed. But do you think that obviously COVID had a had a had a part to play in that as well?
1: Yes. I yeah. Because when COVID hit, every place shut down. Like there was no restaurants in Brooklyn. There was nobody walking out. And then with um, a lot of older elder people were getting robbed and stuff like that. So they weren't safe when it got dark. Everybody was home, and so it kind of died out over there for us. Okay. And what about?
0: Um, Obviously, the restaurant you have now, Tony's open only, almost, it's coming up almost on a year, right? About Last about October. Yeah. And then you have 46 months, so tell tell me a little bit about kind of, well, first of all, I want to kind of talk about the name, Tony's, because I know it's very, there's a lot of meaning there, if you mm-hmm. don't mind sharing. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, um, Tony, she's actually named after my older brother, Tony. Um, he passed away in a fire in 2009 with his girlfriend. And um, so we kind of incorporated Tony because I wanted to name her after my brother because he meant a lot to me. You know, he was my hero. He took me out. You know, he was that big brother who was um, who was always there for your basketball games, your softball games. He showed up. Yeah, he really showed up. You know, he was brought us to zoos and stuff like that. He brought us to California, you know, Virginia. He was, you know, my second father figure, aside from my dad. He was always there no matter what. And um, so we named Tony after Tony, and uh, we named Tony with two eyes, T-O-N-I-I. The eyes represent um, people, which is uh, Anna, his girlfriend, and Tony, my brother. This way, she's able to carry in her past generation, you know, pay respects to him. And this way, in the future, she'll want to carry on this family legacy, you know, Yeah. because that's what... Big Tony would have won it, you know, wow. he was very family oriented. Well, wow. so in that spirit. Is... Yes. Yeah. So how how
0: was opening? Like, do you remember October and when you guys opened? Like, was it? Take me through that time a little bit.
1: Um, October. It was. I guess October was a little hard for us because we were actually moving. From, um, Tony's is next to Cam Hing. We had two storefronts on Bayard Street, and our lease was going out on Bay, on uh, Cam Hing. Huh. So we were trying to move everything into Tony's. So as we opened, we were incorporating all that stuff inside. So it was like um, move and build, I guess you can wow. say. So it was, a, it was a little hectic the first couple of months. Yeah. And then with COVID happening, it just you know kind of slowed down a little bit. But lucky we actually closed the other store. This way, you know, we didn't really. We, we took our losses on that store, you know? Yeah,
0: so that's also the bakery is permanently closed.
1: Yes, that bakery is permanently closed now.
0: So now you currently, at this moment in time, have Tony's and 46 Month.
1: 46 and Tacky Bakery on Baxter Street. It's just that we didn't open that one yet. We're trying to um, change it to, because we can't survive on sponge cakes alone anymore. So we're incorporating um, the steam rice roll and we're trying to get the machine right now from China into wow. there.
0: So you know what's crazy about this entire story so far is you could say you're a your first time business owner, right, yourself? Yes, yes. In October of 2019. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then you, you finally get it to open and I'm sure you hit a little bit of a stride maybe come January, February, right? Mm-hmm. And then this happens, I mean...
1: Yes, it, it does. That's crazy. It is because at when... I guess in late March, um, that's when our workers started to quit on us. Also, So it was like, what's going on? And um, I'm not the type to actually I don't don't watch the news. I don't read the news because it's a little bit too dark for me. I'm not that type of person, so I actually hear it. So when COVID was happening and our workers were quitting, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know. And then other restaurants were closing at the same time. So we didn't know we should close because the sales started to decline. And um, our workers were short. So it was like me and uh, my husband, my brother, we would be working. We would work like 14 hours a day at one point, And it's just like, there was nobody showing up. So we didn't know if it was worth it to stay open. But we knew that if we closed during COVID, we wouldn't be opening back up. So it was, it was a very, very hard time for us. Yeah. Especially I'm
0: sure March and maybe April, uh, when did you reopen, or did you stay open? this entire We stayed time? open the
1: whole time. Wow. We only closed down the um, Tacky Bakery because we weren't, uh, or the new Newcoming, Sorry. Um, we stayed. O- we closed Baxter Street because we weren't able to sustain it because we couldn't. S- usually we split, so my brother would be working over there and I would work oh, here. Oh, I see. So, but for us to stay open with Tony's because it's new and it's established we actually kind of closed all the other stores to work on this one store for now.
0: So you can focus all your energy and attention on, yes. on Tony's.
1: So basically it was just, at one point, it was just family running that store.
0: Literally just family, husband, yeah, like, brother. <laughs> yeah,
1: my dad would be downstairs cutting up scallions, cutting up, you know, all that prepping stuff. And then we had uh, the guy that's building the yeah. um, stand for us. He's a family friend, he's been with us. He's been with my dad since he was like 15. So wow. you know how many years they've grown together. So he stayed and helped. And um, yeah, that's how we survive right now.
0: Wow. Take me through the evolution of Chinatown because I feel like you could really share a lot about, like, it's a lot busier than it used to be, let's say in March when people are not going out, right? Mm-hmm. So walk me through the kind of, it's already August. Yeah. So.
1: so I guess you could say in February, Chinese New Year, honestly, it was the most saddest, loneliest Chinese New Year I've ever seen in Chinatown. Um, There was like nobody out. It was rain. You know, when it's pouring, you still see a crowd. But this year it was just so sad. You know what I mean? You would get like thousands of people. You barely got hundreds this year. You know, following the lion dance and everything.
0: I think they canceled that too, right? If I'm not mistaken, they had a whole, did they do it this year?
1: They did, a small, it was very, very small. They canceled the parade. That, that's what they canceled, I think. Yeah. Either they canceled the parade or they made it smaller because it wasn't very rememberable. You know, usually it is. You see the firecrackers. The, you see kids shooting each other with um, the spray putty, I guess you can say. And this year was really sad. You know, I felt bad for my kids. Um, but yeah, and then in March, that's when a lot of storefronts started closing and then a lot of grocery stores started closing which i didn't understand why because groceries you are can, a necessity you, you can stay
0: open yep. yeah
1: you can you know and then the ones that did stay open they charged like
0: wow $30. It up.
1: yeah they hiked up the, the rates and everything it was kind of ridiculous because you know old old chinese people don't don't spend money like that you know they try to conserve it you know try to save you get hand sanitizer you buy for a dollar you know two dollars you get it at a supermarket, forty bucks, fifty what? bucks, and you're just looking at it like, are you really are serious? serious? Yeah. Yeah. So they price gouged a lot during this time, but we actually stayed about four. We started at four dollars at Tony's Rice Row. We actually stayed at four dollars throughout the whole pandemic, until they started raising our when the meat supply went down. Da-
0: oh, meat went up at some point When too. we
1: when meat went up, and then they weren't a lot of it. That's when we had to raise it fifty cents up. You had to. Yeah, because they're charging like for a pound of meat, we would get it for like three bucks. They would charge like six, seven dollars for a pound. Double. Yeah, so it was crazy, and we knew we didn't want to kill, you know, our customers because we understand them. So we only raised it fifty cents. You know, we, you know, we didn't want to raise it too much on them because we understand. We want to try to preserve our Chinatown. So yeah.
0: Wow. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so glad and happy that you did that. And I, I know that must not have not been the easiest business decision. Yeah, especially when the cost of the good is double. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I applaud you for kind of sticking it through. Um, I mean, how is it now? Like kind of it, it's August now and do you, has it picked up a little bit? It
1: picked up a little bit. Did you see the neighborhood um, coming back. Yeah, we actually had um, we were helping the hospital, feed the hospital, the front lines with Welcome to Chinatown. And forty six, they were giving out free meals at one point because they're getting donations, and I think they still are. Um, But yeah, the customer base—we, our um, regular customers—they've always came throughout the whole pandemic. You know, they're always there. So we're doing pretty okay right now. And plus, our overhead cost is down because we don't have workers. Um, since it's family-owned, family. <laughs> we, don't, we don't pay each other, you know, we just feel like you hungry, I'll buy you food, you know, so this is, that's pretty much good, you know, if we had our workers back and the overhead is high, I don't think we would have been able to afford it, to be honest, but because we're, you know, it's all of us, we, you know, I think it was okay.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this, what's your what's your outlook for the le- next few months?
1: um right now we're just trying to stay afloat um we're trying to see we can open back in september on baxter street right now and um yeah hopefully we're just taking it day by day because we don't know how the world is right now the news is you see a lot of um people moving out of manhattan already so that's pretty hard you know a lot of our customers are moving to brooklyn to queens so right now we have to I guess advertise for new customers to pull them in and stuff like that. Hopefully, we're one of the cheapest spots in Chinatown. Hopefully, you know, with money shortage, they would try to come over, you know. This way it helps a little bit.
0: Yeah. Are you, are you finding yourself pivoting or adapting at all? Like, are you doing more... Um, do, do, do you do delivery by any chance?
1: Uh, we do delivery through uh, Grubhub oh, wow. and um, Seamless Hungry Panda and stuff like that. Uh-huh. We're not able to do it ourselves because there's not a bunch of us that... Yeah.
0: Yeah, But I mean, this is it for you guys, right? You probably invested so much of your savings and your time and effort into building out this restaurant. And I think like, it's more than just a restaurant, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think it symbolizes a, a few things. I think one, obviously, your brother, mm-hmm. uh, your daughter your family legacy, but then the other thing that I really think it represents is, the, is preserving Chinatown mm-hmm. and taking care of this community because you could have for every reason charged $70, right? You could have, yep. but we you could've. decided not to. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's really amazing that you you made that hard decision, you know, and I think you're there for, for this community when they needed it most.
1: Yeah, we try to be you know my father loves chinatown my mom loves chinatown i love chinatown you know i grew up here i was over here playing at columbus park as a kid you know i want my kids to go through what i went through but better you know what i mean yeah so it's hard trying to preserve chinatown because everything's changing here you know stores are shutting down you see ice cream places charging like eight nine dollars for a cone and yeah it's, it's kind of crazy you know
0: yeah do you think opening a restaurant, do you feel like some family members are maybe trying to get away from the family business mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Do you feel like you were kind of forced into it or was it something you wanted to take initiative with? Like, where do you, where do you stand on that?
1: Um, it's something actually, when I was younger, I didn't care about it. Right. You know, I wanted to have my fun and everything, but after my brother, I actually wanted to get into it. So that's when I started working. I would work only the weekends, and then I work after school. But I wanted to take care of my family. You know, I wanted to take care of my parents, because that's what my brother would have wanted done. And um, I wanted to, basically, the store is where my whole family comes. If it wasn't for the store, we would all be living apart. You know, we wouldn't have family holidays together. We wouldn't celebrate birthdays together. Um, having the store means that you have a place to come back to no matter what. That's what I realize, you know. For having Tony's, this is a place where I want my kids to come back to, you know. This way, when I get old and gray, I want them to take care of me too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and uh, I see how hard my fathers worked, and I see how hard my mother worked raising us. There's six of us, mind you. So they worked very hard and I want them to be able to relax now, to be able to go on vacation, you know, spend time with their grandkids and, you know, just be able to do what they want to do because they sacrificed a lot to help us out.
0: Yeah, and now you want to give back in your, in your way.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, how important is, is that for you, like family legacy? I think that's really the, the whole principle yeah. and mission, right, for you?
1: hmm Oh, well, it's very important to me. Um my husband actually married into my family. He sees my family on a daily basis than he does his family. <laughs> so
0: it's should... usually the other way around, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he knows that um my family is number 1 to me, you know. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have what I have. I wouldn't be living the way I am, you know. I wouldn't be able to have 3 kids at this age, you know. I'm 25. You know, it's pretty young. You're 25. I'm 25. I'm 25. You were born 95. 94. 94. Okay. So I'm 25. So wow. for me to be able to have three kids at this age, have a place to work permanently, wow. you know, it's, it's it helps a lot.
0: Wow. How do you do it? Listen, as a as a as another 25 to another 25.
1: <laughs> how do you?
0: What? I am like I'm busy trying to put a roof over my head. I mean, that's so impressive.
1: It's it's. It's hard in the beginning it was hard um my family helped me out a lot with my first one and um once you just get in the motion of i don't need to spend money on going to parties. party so i don't need money to go to drinking because i respect know, that so it's like i'm gonna save that money put it in my kit you know i'm gonna buy her clothes new clothes i'm gonna buy her new shoes i'm gonna buy her toys so that's where my spending is goes to now you know but um Occasionally, my family helps a lot, you know, this way I can take a rest and they would watch the kids, I can hang out. You know, it helps a lot having kids young sometimes. Mm. Because your family's there. When you're older, your family can't help out as much, Mm. you know, so. That, that's my mindset. I was like, oh, I might as well just give him a couple more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a very fresh mindset. <laughs> it makes me re- really reconsider marriage now. <laughs> I've been trying to put it off, but now I'm like, maybe I should just get into it.
1: Yeah, because um, my other brother is 34, I guess you can say, and he's still, um, let me hang out, let yeah. me go drinking. And it's like, when are you going to have kids? How old do you want to be when you want to take care of them? I don't want to be 45 taking care of a 10 year old. You know, I want to be 45 and my kid's off to college. I don't yeah. want to worry about it no I more. I love that. Yeah. You're still fairly young. Yeah, so you, you're able to do things, you know. When yeah. you're 45, you can travel, this and that. I don't want to be tied down at 45, I guess you can say.
0: Yeah. So can I be honest with you? Do you have any resentment towards your, your second or older brother? In the, in the sense that, you know, traditionally, in, in that kind of Asian Asian household, I think, even even for my household, mm-hmm. too, like, it's always kind of... As, as horrible as it is, and as, as outdated as it is, and mm-hmm. maybe somewhat sexist even, like a lot of the, the guys and the males are inheriting the, the family business or, or spearheading it. Do you have any sort of resentment whatsoever? or?
1: Um, Not really, because um, my brother, he has his own restaurant business. He's actually opened up a burger spot um, called Burger Inc. with oh, my cousin. Okay. okay. And um, so he has his own thing to do, and he's not very much into working in the family business because you actually have to work, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you actually have to put work in. And uh, my father, he's the type of guy that's, um, he's very fair. If you're working hard, you know, you're doing everything right, he'll give you the store. You know, he won't give it to you because, oh, your older brother gets it first, you get it afterwards. He's not that type of person. He's very fair game I guess I guess you can say
0: I think he's able to kind of like take a step back from the from the more emotional aspect maybe yeah. right
1: my father's very he lays it out Wow flat, so he's very honest in that aspect and um, that's one of the reasons why the store has been working the way it has you know yeah so yeah
0: <laughs> I see um, and just the last question for you, for, for people tuning in that that, that want to help, obviously we're working with Send Chinatown Love right now, but are there any ways that we can continue to help support you and what um, you're honestly, doing? Honestly,
1: to help support us, just come visit Chinatown and, you know, spend at stores, you know, let Chinatown grow, let it revive back. Hopefully we can keep Chinatown going for another 100 years, 200 years doing that, you know. But if nobody comes to Chinatown, then it's going to become a ghost town. Yeah. And that's something we're not trying to do. Yeah. You know, this way, you can still have the old ladies sitting at the park playing their card games, and you know, you see all the stuff you don't see everywhere else. I guess you can say, like Chinatown has been consistent uh, consistent with this throughout the whole forever, actually. Yeah. I mean, it, when I think about New York
0: City, to be honest, I can't think of a New York City without Chinatown. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, it's true, actually. Like, but what would it be? <laughs> this is.
0: I just think it's such an important fabric of the city that that maybe sometimes gets overlooked or taken for granted.
1: I, I think it does because nobody really cares about Chinatown unless you push them. Unless to you're care. like, yeah. Yeah, like with the building fire on Mulberry and Bayard Street, the mayor didn't even want to help build it back. You had to get people to protest and everything just to get
0: his attention or something.
1: Yeah, and when he first came he said he would you know but then he kind of denied it afterwards and it was kind of a a jerk move you know yeah. what i mean so it's just
0: stabbing the back
1: especially for this building this building's been here for over i guess you can say 50 years too you know but hopefully they will build it back up but build it back up better you know but still with chinatown feeling it you know what i mean yeah instead of glass walls what, floor to ceiling wall, windows and stuff like that, you know, try to keep some of the Chinatown in it.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, I am more of like an outsider looking in perspective, but for you, what does Chinatown mean to you?
1: Chinatown is home, honestly. Without Chinatown, I wouldn't have my family because everyone lives in Chinatown for me. My brother lives in it, my mom, my dad. The stores here, you know, my kid's school is only down the block, um... So basically, I'm based right here. I only travel within five blocks. I don't really go out much, you know. So Chinatown is home for me, you know. And I'm not moving out.
0: Yeah, you're here to stay. Yeah, I am. Wow. So yeah. Thank you so much for for taking out your time to just talk with us. And I really, I honestly really appreciate the insight. And it just gives me a really fresh perspective to, you know, into the neighborhood and how much it means to so many people. Appreciate
1: it. No problem. Thank you for having yeah.
0: me. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth, for your time and for being on the show. I think the most impressive thing that stood out to me about Elizabeth was obviously her candor and her grit and her honesty, but also her responsibilities and her respect for her parents and how much they gave to her to for her to have the life she has now. And this is and she feels like this is the time for her to give back to her parents. And I think that I, I respect her so much for that. The other thing is, she has two kids, you know, she's the same age as me, 25, 26, raising two kids, opened a restaurant in October of 2019, coming up on um, one year, and for half of that, she, you know, she was in the middle of a pandemic, as we've learned. So, again, I think respect is, is the one word that I wanted to make sure I expressed towards you, Elizabeth, and for what you do and what you, for what you are continuing to do for the community and for the people that live in Chinatown. Um, I hope you enjoyed this mini-series that I produced in collaboration with San Chinatown Love and they are currently doing a food crawl. The SEL food crawl is lasting for the entire month of September, so there's around two weeks left now. It's a self-guided food crawl in Manhattan's Chinatown, highlighting 13 incredible restaurants, bakeries, cafes, and other businesses throughout the neighborhood. And the idea is that uh, they want to bring foot foot traffic back to the Chinatown in a more sustainable and uh, long-term strategy to help keep these local businesses open. Uh, It's really well put together and if you haven't done it, don't know about it, uh, definitely check them out. SendChinatownLove.com and then SCL Food Crawl. Again, this has been Arnold with Warm Welcome. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.